Right. Uh, well, good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to the LSE. Um, welcome to this Forum for European Philosophy, uh, European Provocations lecture. And I'd like... Uh, I'm Simon Glendinning. I'm the uh, director of the Forum. And um, before I introduce our speaker, I'd also like to welcome the potential 7,000 people who are listening to this around the world on a podcast, whether they're in furthest reaches of Norway or America or other parts of Europe, uh, welcome to you too. You can um, get all our podcasts on the LSE website and on, indeed on our own. Well, tonight, though, I'm delighted to welcome um, our speaker who's come to us from Paris. It's uh, Denis Guénoun. Um, and as luck would have it, there's a, a, a review of his new book in the TLS this week, in the Times Literary Supplement. And it introduces us to him a little bit. It says um, at the beginning, what can philosophy contribute to an understanding of Europe today? Denis Guénoun is not by profession a philosopher. He's a professor of French literature and theatre at the Sorbonne and a published playwright. However, he is both completely at home in post-Kantian philosophy and a remarkable reader of historical texts, making him an ideal candidate to stage the conceptual drama in play in the philosophy of Europe. Just as a philosopher of mind might chart the territory of our psychological lives by placing conceptual markers over its terrain, so Genun charts the historical becoming of a European world in terms of certain conceptual transitions, from mythical Europe as seen from the point of view of maritime life in and around the Mediterranean, to developing empires, kingdoms, and Europe's modern nations. It's a breathtaking undertaking, brilliantly conceived, thoroughly engrossing, and thought-provoking from first to last. So that's about his book, About Europe, recently published, and I couldn't put it better myself. Actually, I did put it myself just there in the TLS, so that's, that's from me. But um, I had a wonderful summer with uh, Denis, though we no, never met him, <laughs> spent in uh, beaches around the Mediterranean uh, read, reading his book, and uh, I really can't recommend it highly enough. Um, tonight he's going to focus on uh, just one small aspect of, of the incredibly wide-ranging discussion that goes on in the book about our most Europe's recent past, its 20th century. Um, his title is Hypotheses on Europe and the 20th Century. He'll speak for um, 50 minutes to an hour, and then there'll be half an hour for uh, questions and discussion with you afterwards, which I'll uh, mediate on his behalf. Um, but for now, I'm going to leave it to Denis, and we can welcome him to London. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, uh, all of you, uh, for being here. I'm trying to present four ideas. Two of them are um, picked in the, in the book uh, Simon was thinking about. Two others are 
are not in it <coughs> and are the, the result of recent uh, reflections. The first idea is a philosophical one, if the word is not too emphatic. It's, a, let us say, a, a general idea, an abstract model about many things, but in this case about the universal. I propose to you to think about the universal not as um, an idea, not as a state, but as a movement. And in the movement, which uh, we can call universal, the proposal here is to, to consider two, two stages, two moments in this movement, two different moments. One, the first moment could be a moment of expansion, of extension, spread. Excuse my, excuse my English, it's, uh, maybe it will be a little uh, uh, clumsy, but uh, the first moment is a moment of enlargement. And the second one is a movement of retraction or contraction, of turning back. I used in this book... Uh, to, to represent, to figure, uh, to schematize this, uh, this idea, this model with a, a very, very simple outline, uh, a graphical uh, proposition, proposal. It's uh, a loop, a sort of loop. Now, I don't know how to do it. Let us uh, do it like that, for example. No, it's not very, very good. Like that. Um, this uh, is supposed to represent the first uh, moment, the first step or the first stage of the, of the movement. And this is the second one, the, the coming back. As you can see, the coming back is coming back to, to the point of the origin, of the beginning. But the point lacks in the, in the first line. There's no origin. There's no beginning at all. The beginning, which could be here, is only fancied, imagined, uh, uh, produced, produced as a, an idea. So, This is the general model. Extension, expansion, return, or contraction or retraction. I would be more easy uh, with the French words, but uh, uh, universal has its own needs. <laughs> well, <coughs> on this model, I would like to add only one, one thing. What happens here? 
there is a, a stop point, a stop, a stop, um, where the movement of opening or of enlarging, enlargement uh, reverses and comes in the opposite direction. Let's call it the, the, the stop or the stop point. In French, I use the word la butée, when uh, you, you go and arrive on a point uh, which uh, uh, sends you in the, in, the other, in the other direction. Well, this is a proposition, very, very abstract, very general, very simple, uh, either obvious or uh, easy to... to to discuss or to contest. This is my, my tool, generally in the book and uh, this evening, if you, if you allow me. Well, let's have an example, an example. The example will be Europe. I think, and I, I propose, that the Europe is, um, has something to do with the movement of universal. That you can't... Uh, understand or think what we call Europe, independently of the, the progress of the movement or the event of something happening as universal, as the universal. But it seems to me that uh, when you think about uh, Europe, <coughs> you have maybe to, maybe it's more, more useful to to uh, consider the, these, two, these two dimensions, these two stages, those two moments. Because the universal has no need of uh, Europe, neither the fact nor the idea, to, to be in movement. The, the universal has been in, uh, has been in process before Europe. Uh, it goes through Europe and I suppose it will continue after Europe. Well, um, for example, in a very uh, well-known text of Kant, uh, uh, I have to, to remember the, the English uh, uh, title, Idea for a Universal History with a cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan aim. Idée de l'histoire universelle d'un point de vue cosmopolitique. In this, uh, in this text, uh, Kant says that the, the universal, the, the progress of the, of the universal begins in a place that... Uh, that we call we uh, call Greece, ancient Greece. This is not the, my point now. I don't. I have. I would have s s so many things to say only about this uh, this assumption, this idea. But let us uh, have it. It happens that it begins. Uh, it Kant, which is a rather clever guy, says that uh, uh, it's not exactly. It begins. It. It say. He says. It's a point when we know that something happens which has to do with the universal. Because it's the point where the, the, the transfer, the transport by history 
uh, begins for us in our knowledge. It's the point where, where uh, history, the historical uh, transport uh, conveyance from one thing to another thing is known by us today, which doesn't mean that it, it uh, didn't happen elsewhere before or in another part. But we, we know that something happened there. And this movement is uh, widening uh, from step to step and uh, Kant says from Greece to um, uh, part, larger parts of the world and to our uh, part of the world and after that to probably to the entire or the whole world and he says, and this is uh, important for me, maybe uh, no, it's, it doesn't say maybe, he says and after that in other worlds in uh, uh, elsewhere, not only on the on Earth, on the Earth, not only with, with humans, he doesn't uh, considers as impossible that, for example, other inhabitants for other planets uh, would be involved after that in the spreading of the in the spread of the movement. Mm. It happens that in the moment where Kant writes, um, it's in the <coughs> our part of the world, he says. There's no, uh, uh, not the, the word Europe. Our part of the, of, the, of the world, which means our continent. But he doesn't uh, use the term, the term which is the same uh, as continent in, in German. Well, so it's a, a movement which can happen to be located in, in what we call Europe. It happened to, to develop in a certain way there. Why not? So it could be thought as this, fir this first place, this first uh, uh, phase or stage of, the, of the, this um, history, of this story. And uh, in my opinion, there is a moment here where the movement is reversed and where, where the Europe as such appears. As such, I mean as an idea, as a word. The, the word is very, very old. But the present, our, our sense, our meaning for the world uh, appears uh, here. And uh, what I... I like to call the figure of Europe. The figure of Europe uh, arrives here. That means Europe is completely ambivalent, ambivalent? <laughs> as two, two dimensions which are very, very difficult to, to, uh, to uh, divide, to separate. Uh, the, the first dimension is universalist here, the universal growing and the second dimension is the stop of the movement of universal uh, the, the coming back uh, for in my opinion figure goodbye sir <laughs> uh, figure uh, the, the, the figure uh, is, uh, is uh, here the figure is the stop right. my idea is that the figure is the stop the figure not only needs to stop, 
the figure is exactly the result of, of the stop. When we, uh, when in this phase, in this movement, you don't need Europe. The ID, neither the ID nor the world, nor the world. Here, when you, you use this, Europe uh, appears as a figure. Which means that uh, Europe is a very contradictory notion. I have a, a proposition about the stop, about the stop point. What happened? Uh, this is very, very uh, uh, questionable, what I'm going to, to, to say, to tell you. But I think that this stop point happens in a confrontation in a in a front to front with something which is called as Islam. That means uh, in the 15th and 16th century as when at the moment when uh, Europe figures itself in the opposition with something it or she represents as with the name of Islam. This doesn't mean that Islam is an external thing uh, in relation to, to Europe. I don't think so. I, don't, I think that uh, Islam has something uh, to do with the inner part of Europe. Uh, before Europe and during Europe. I think it is a sort of inner exteriority. An exteriority but uh, which proceeds and which um, lives uh, from a deep interiority of Europe. This is uh, the proposition. You, as you say, uh, the world Europe, as you know, the, the world Europe uh, is in uh, the, the language, the Greek language, uh, from has been there from a very very long time for a very very long time, and he. And the idea of when, when uh, Europe begins as such is very very uh, moving and very different uh, according to different authors. My opinion is what we call Europe, Europe in our sense appears around the beginning of modern times. Uh, around the 15th or 16th century and it appears in this uh, complex uh, reversion. All of this can be uh, argued and discussed. Obviously, we can uh, approach it in the discussion if you, if you want. This is a, a hy hypothesis. Thinking by hypothesis, is a hypothesis about thinking. It's a way, it's a hypothesis about thought. We can discuss this too, if you want. <coughs> um, the second idea, the first idea I said was rather philosophical. The second idea is, is um, between philosophy and history. Philosophical and historical. Let's uh, uh, 
uh, travel uh, to the, um, the 20th century. The second idea I want to propose to you is an idea about, about the relationship between socialism and fascism. Um, <laughs> the link between socialism and fascism. Um, I can represent this link, and you, you expect that, that, with a loop. Uh, I think that one can say about uh, uh, a first movement uh, about revolution, that the, the first moment of the history of revolution in general, in general, is a mo moment of extension, of expansion. I don't mean only that this extension or expansion is geographical, as it can be, obviously. But I mean that um, revolution, revolution, the revolutionary movements have something to do with the progress, the, pro the process, the progressing process of universal. There is a revolution where one, in my use of this term, and you, you feel that this use um, uh, avoids or um, uh, eliminates other, uh, some, some movement uh, of the concept of revolution. They cannot be considered as, as revolutions in, if, if, we, if we maintain the, this idea. I think that revolution the revolution or revolutions, um, in the first um, step of its movement is a sort of uh, expansion, extension of the idea of universal. For example, before revolution and after revolution, in, in France for example, but there's so many other examples, um, the concept of universal has not the same extension in France until, uh, until uh, the 18th century and after. The, the universal changes. The universal is wider and deeper too. If I have the ta time for, I, I, I could make the difference between extensive and intensive idea of, of uh, the universal. Because the expansion pension is, not is not necessarily extensive. It's not necessarily in the extent, in the, in the enlargement uh, uh, in a topical sense. It could be also intensive. But for example, this movement is uh, um, seeable in the French Revolution and in many others. And the second uh, moment is terror. Uh, the, the reversion, the, the return, the coming back is, uh, I propose, I could propose, uh, terror, the terror. In the case of French Revolution, the stop, 
the stop point between the uh, generous uh, open um, uh, um, the, between the, the brotherly idea of revolution and this ferocious um, uh, uh, full of, of murders of um, tyranny tyranny uh, idea of revolution is the same movement is the same event the point in my opinion as I I tried to 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 learn it or to to, to the point is the war and I see, in my opinion, the point is the boundary, the frontier. This is the point which made that the brotherhood turns into ferocity. As you see, something has to, to do with the, the affair of, of the nation, the question of nation the meaning of nation, which in my opinion changes in this. There is a generous and open idea of nation in the first times of, uh, for example, French Revolution, which turns in another ferocious idea of revolution. And it, in my opinion, that, that has to do with the question of frontier. I, I, I noticed that in, in the what the name? Uh, Déclaration des droits de l'homme et du citoyen, adopted by uh, the French Assembly in uh, 89. The word French doesn't appear. They are nothing to do with uh, the idea of French. This are, those are not rights for French people. They are uh, rights for the man and the citizen. And it's not said that something has to do with uh, this place. But uh, the, the, the concept which uh, resumes this movement in this phase <coughs> is the word nation. But strangely, paradoxically, this nation here is not France as such. It's difficult to, th to think for us now. Because for us, the nation is somewhere, is this nation opposed to another nation. But it seems to me, it's as if you, you read with attention the text, in the, in the 18th century, in the period of the Enlightenment, Enlightenment and uh, uh, the beginning revolution, nation doesn't mean exactly with what we, we call nation. It turns soon to mean that, but not in that, in that point. And here, something happens with war, which provokes the movement of the turning back. We could say that uh, this uh, period of revolution is a revolution as a war. And he's uh, charged by the war, uh, meaning the war sense here. 
and the, the, the revolution turns to be uh, a question of, of a sort of war. Well, this is uh, the first um, loop. But this loop in the 20th century is um, um, produced a, another way, a, another time, excuse me. It's the same loop, but reproduced. Um, and I could say that in the 20th century, there is here a first idea or a first period of idea of socialism as a totally open, uh, wide, and uh, uh, um, uh, expans expansive uh, uh, idea of socialism. And um, this turns back at a very uh, precise moment. This turns back into what was called historically the socialism in one country, the socialism in one nation, and which is exa exactly the moment when socialism uh, becomes clearly, uh, uh, assumes clearly, endorses clearly the forms of tyranny. Um, here there is a, a possibility to think something that has a, a universal socialism and here you have a national, nationalized uh, socialism and you, you see that a nationalized socialism in my opinion has something to do with national socialism. It's strange in English, because in French we can do the difference between le socialisme national, which is a national socialism, uh, a, socia a, a, soci a, a socialism which is nation national. Uh, and after that, uh, we can hear that this socialisme national because becomes a, nation, a national socialism, a national socialism. You go faster. <laughs> you have a, a, a one step uh, less. You can, uh, you know the, this uh, uh, in the beginning. Uh, well, uh, this is the second loop, and the third loop, because there is a third loop, a reversed loop. Uh, I represented. It's the same, but I represented it in the in the in the other sense. Is when when nationalism goes to socialism and uh, uh, going through the socialism becomes a national socialism in the Nazi sense of word. <coughs> so what I mean here is only that. Um, there is a very, very, very deep link between the socialism and the fascism. Not to, see, to say that they are equivalent. Not at all. 
because one thing is not equivalent to its, to its contrary. But they are very, very deeply linked, one for the other. Uh, linked as uh, uh, two uh, twins, but twins uh, 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 symmetrical <coughs> image. They are re really, uh, I, I mean that historically I'm, I'm quite, I'm almost certain that you can't uh, think about Nazism without thinking it's linked to uh, socialism. This is generally admitted now. That, um, but it's not only that uh, uh, Nazism was a reaction to or uh, an aftermath or uh, an after-effect of uh, the, uh, the socialism as it was in, in Russia. It's not only the, this fact. Even if this fact uh, is true, what I incline to, to agree with. But it means that the, the, the meaning, the reality, the existence, the structure of Nazism can't be thought without the haha impregnation <laughs> what's the impregnation the the the, uh, the going through the you say uh, the impregnation impregnation mm, okay <laughs> this impregnation of the 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 movement by uh, socialism as uh, the name says uh, in a very clear way, national socialism means what it means. But in another way, which is less uh, obvious, I think too that the socialism at his, at, as it uh, developed, developed in, uh, in the 20th century cannot be understood without this... this um, inversion or reversion of the movement which happened when uh, 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 socialism um, happened to be, to, to be uh, a nationalism. Whether it is its, its fault or not, uh, whether it's the responsibility of man is another question. But I think that the, the historical meaning, you have to to see this. That's the reason why, for me, the only thing that Marxists haven't been able to, to think uh, or to propose a thought is about the nature of, uh, of a Soviet re regime. Uh, except one tendency of Marxism, uh, Marxists have been... How much do you Blind, have been blind about their, the nature of their own movement. And in my opinion, it is between. Uh, it was because it was because there is um, a native dependence of uh, the 20th century socialism uh, with um, the with the fascism, which uh, 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 countermines. There's it, which uh, gives it uh, several uh, very important characters. So the question between the, the link, uh, the question about between uh, the question about the link between fascism and nationalism, 
and my, my proposal with the loop means only that the, uh, the ambiguity, the contradiction, is um, an inner uh, nod in the concept of uh, socialism and, uh, and its uh, uh, enemy, brother enemy, uh, which is uh, not, uh, fascism. This doesn't mean they, that they are equivalent, such as it doesn't mean that uh, uh, revolution is equivalent to terror. And it doesn't mean that uh, Europe is only a continental uh, nationalism. doesn't mean that. But it means that we have to think the transformation of a movement of universal in its uh, uh, figure reversed. <coughs> That's a, a, a proposition for the discussion. The third idea... The third idea would be uh, a historical idea about the 20th century. Um, this is a thinking by uh, hypothesis. By when thinking by hypothesis, we have no, you have no, no rest, no, <laughs> no. You have to, to go to, to advance from, from an idea to, to another. <coughs> without the consequences. Uh, I propose that the, the singularity of our, of, uh, our 20th century, our, of the 20th century, was the first idea is very, very uh, evident, obvious, was that um, all the problems happened to be world problems. That um, there are uh, an identification between the local and the global. The, that the, the everything has to be thought as a world problem. Why I, uh, I propose that this happened at the, in the beginning of the 20th century um, has to be, uh, could have to be precise, would have to be precise, um, uh, with the, um, the transformation of capitalism in uh, what Lenin call, called imperialism, Lenin after several others, called imperialism. So that the capitalism, which Marx defined um, uh, uh, from the, the Communist Manifesto from uh, 48 in the 19th century as a world system, there's no uh, capitalism if not in a world system after the 15th or uh, 16th century, but this world dimension um, takes uh, um, um, a, a very uh, strong development in the beginning of the 20th century, just before the First World War and what the cause of this World War. And 
it makes that the, the, the world reality of capitalism takes uh, new, uh, new uh, strength. So, when you, we have a local problem, for example in cities, and a problem of uh, violence, of, um, of security or insecurity, a problem of uh, uh, demography, a problem of um, immigration, a problem of, I think, and this is not especially uh, my invention, I think that we have to think about that as a world problem. There is no uh, uh, particular problem which are not world problems. Why? Because in the, the 20th century, my opinion is that the world problems can all of them be reduced uh, to the, the main world problem which was named approximately North-South, the North-South problem. Obviously, we, ha we have to, to think that the North is not, or is not only the North, and the South is not, or not only the South. It's um, a figure, it's an idea, it's uh, an image. The North can be in the South, and the South can be in the North. That's sure. But... This image tells something um, which is uh, nevertheless interesting. For example, why, wh what's the content of those two, two ideas, north and south? In my opinion, north means, means the pole, poles or the pole of concentration of wealth. Wealth, uh, which is the world wealth, which is concentrated in one pole or several poles, and uh, which are we call the north, with some obvious reasons, even if there, is, there are poles of, of, of wealth in the south. Uh, we, we all know that. But it means something. And what does um, south mean? South means the, zone, the zones of um, spreading of extension of poverty. So the opposition south-north is the opposition between wealth and poverty and also the opposition between concentration and uh, extension, spread or uh, uh, extent. Well, why this image is not so bad? Because, for example, you have very, very important poverty in the north. But you can see, you can say that the main poverty which you can find in the north is a south poverty. For example, in the, in the cities, in the main cities of the north, you have, that's certain, you have a very, very important poverty but, but in the cities, the main cities of the north, poverty is a south poverty. Not only, <coughs> not uh, um, exclusively, but mainly. Uh, do you understand what I mean? Or are you, uh, uh, I mean that the, the idea of south has 
something very clear, in my opinion, to signify with poverty even in the centre of the north, in the urban centre of the north. But that's my, my proposition. So I, can, I shall continue to use the, the opposition north and south, even if I know it's not exactly in the geographical or, topic, or topical sense uh, uh, and exclusive local sense. Well, it seems to me that all the problems, all the political problems, have to be thought in their specificity, but can and must be reported to this uh, question north-south. Um, for a very uh, clear reasons, for example, uh, racism is a an ethical problem, is a political problem, is a social problem in one country. But racism today can't be understood without the position of, uh, of um, uh, the, the, the idea to refuse uh, immigration. And immigration is immigration from south to north. And why there is, is there an immigration from south to north? Not only there are other types of immigration, that's certain, <coughs> obviously, but the main immigration in the world is from, the, not the main uh, in number, but the main in, uh, in uh, meaning and in, uh, in political importance, in from south to north. And why from south to north? Because the wealth is in the north and the poverty is in the south. So when you have a, pr uh, a problem of security in one town, you can uh, discuss this problem, and you have to discuss the problem in the town, but you can un understand the problem without consider it is considering it as a world problem. The question about the 20th century could be this one. If this general proposition is, uh, has uh, a little sense, what about the East? What about the, uh, the conflict, the struggle between East and West, which was considered during uh, decades as the main one, and uh, which, is not, uh, which has not disappeared as the recent days has learned to us? Um, what is the East? How can we uh, translate the, the, word, the word East? if we translate north, north and south, as I uh, uh, tried to say. This is a very uh, important problem, and in my opinion, it may be the, the main problem for understanding the, the 20th century. What happened in the 20th century? And uh, of what we have to, to go uh, out uh, if we want to go out the 20th century, if you're going to, to exit the, from the 20th century, which would be a, a good idea in a certain, uh, in certain sense. Mm. 
what was the East? What was the USSR? What was what was it? Not in the uh, uh, in the describing point of view. The, the reality of the USSR has been described by very very uh, uh, important books and thoughts and studies and uh, uh, there are so many uh, analyses about that. But it seems to me that what it was really has not uh, deeply been uh, uh, thought until uh, today. I don't mean that I'm able to do what uh, nobody have, has done, uh, but I mean only that uh, uh, maybe it's useful to precise the question. What was, if you consider, maybe you don't, that the question, what is the nature, the nature of a state has a sense, the nature. You can uh, be able to describe a state with very, very details, many details, and not, to be, a, not be able to answer the question, uh, what is it? What is its essence? My question is, what was the, this regime? And uh, I, have, I, I go to my, uh, by anticipation to my fourth point. Uh, fourth point. Um, just to say this, it's a very, very important question. Why? Because first, uh, the, the so-called dead communism, which is disappeared, is supposed to be disappeared. It's disappeared, let's admit, that China has a sort of existence, it's sort of a, a reality, and uh, it's disappeared, but it goes on in a certain way in for one billion and three or several hundred uh, million persons. That's the first idea. It's not so disappeared. And China is rather important to understand our present situation. Second uh, fact, which is more important for me, that how do we, how are we able to uh, um, uh, to explain this? That the whole when when this regime clashes, when it dies, I mean uh, the East uh, of Europe, so-called communism. When it's when it's uh, it. Uh, it crashes, it crashes, and the, the whole ruling class transfers to the, to the, the next regime. That is you know, really extraordinary, and in my opinion, no, 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 uh, no um, precedent, uh, uh, nothing uh, that happened, that such ha happened in the, in the history, in the human history before, or maybe it did, but that I have nothing in, my, in the idea. How do you consider, how can we consider that uh, a, reg a regime is supposed to disappear and all the leading uh, leaders of the new regime are leaders of, of the, the, the one who, which was uh, all, all of them are the leaders of the regime before? That's uh, one reason which we have to discuss deeply, the problem to know it's, it was, this was or not a revolution. It was a, a, a wonderful and uprising 
it was a, a marvelous movement in, of human history to put down those those uh, those uh, t- uh, tyrannies. It was uh, that's for me. It's completely clear. It was a, a great, great, great uh, thing which, which which happened. But revolution is not sure because uh, revolution changes the the ruling. Uh, class of the leaders, it's, it has not changed. They are the same. And we are uh, going to see this. We have, uh, in these, those days, we, uh, they say, this is wonderful, people in the papers say, oh, Putin uh, is a man of uh, the uh, old USSR, as if it was a problem of Putin's psychology. But it's not the problem, it's a, a very deep tendency of world history. It's not only Putin, the previous one and the, and the, I don't know, <laughs> the one after, was also, Elsin was the, that. And uh, so are all the, the, almost all the, the leaders of East. So, we have to explain China. We have to explain the, 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 the situation and the nature of the regimes in the East. I have a proposal about that, but uh, I shall leave it to discussion. Well, what was the USSR? It's, not, it's our present. It's not only our past. It's the reality of our world. What was it? What was the nature of this? Uh, I think that I only one idea, but not the... I think that it was. It's me. Are you sure of that? I'm not sure. Is it? It was? Yes. It was. <laughs> it was. Well, let's finish like that. If you need the. Uh, well, uh, the. I think uh, we, uh, I, I propose only uh, a last, uh, a last uh, idea, uh, historical and then political. First, it was, this is not the answer to the question of, about nature of the USSR. It's a consequence. consequence. Um, I think that first, um, it was the, the, this regime, we don't know what it is. We have not uh, 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 made an opinion about that. This regime happened to, to appear or wanted to appear as an alternative to world capitalism. He wanted to appear as a, a, a second world possible. A second possible world. And as it wanted to appear like that, like that uh, in order to appear like that, like that, it intended to capture the, the forces of the South and to be the representant, the, rep- the representant of the South in front of the North. What, it, in my opinion, it was not at all. But it happened to represent to figure the, the opposition between South and North. East was 
uh, imaginary representant of, this, of the South in its conflict uh, against the North, what, what was uh, the consequence of the previous idea. This uh, failed, this failed in the 19th, in the 19th 90s, in the, at the end of the 80s and the 90s, it failed. And now, there is another imaginary representant of the South against the North for good or bad reasons, very good, certain of, of them, and very bad for others. The imaginary representant of a second world, of another world, of the world thought um, uh, from uh, the, the point of view of uh, South, that means from the point of view of poverty, is Islam. Islam. Islam is the imaginary figure of another world possible. Of a, Islam is a, an alterna, alternative world uh, figured uh, from the supposed to be figured from the point of view of the South. I don't mean now uh, in this uh, session that it is that that it is really or legitimately that. I don't mean that it is its reality. I mean that is it, its imaginary uh, function in the, the uh, idea of our world. So when you have a problem, and they are everywhere, between a certain idea of Islam and a certain uh, way of, of life in a, t uh, uh, a place or a country, it seems to me that we have to, to understand that every people who uh, are um, underpinned on this, uh, by this idea are underpinned on an idea of another world uh, expressed in the point of view of the South. Well, if we want to leave uh, time for discussion, I, I, I'm sure that I have to stop. I'm sure also that nothing of, of this had, has been dis demonstrated, only uh, formulated as a hypothesis, and it's a risk of this uh, uh, way of thinking. So excuse me for that. I'm going to take chair's liberty, if I may. <laughs> I'd, um, one, one of the uh, features of the second story, which is about the revolution in Russia and the way it turns around, where it stops and becomes a national socialism, one of the ways that you talk about that in the book is that you hook it on to the earlier phase of revolutionary movements in Europe that begins in a certain way with France. And so you connect together uh, a movement of a universal 
that you could that as it were its stopping becomes France but and in the second um, you have fascism in the in the later stage so you, you connect up France and Germany in a certain way in this history and you talk today about the 20th century in terms of socialism and fascism which could then get relabeled as France and Germany schematically but one of the things that misses out on in that long historical narrative is liberalism um, when Nietzsche for example talks about this sort of great transitions running through Europe in the period you're talking about he talks about democratic enlightenment and uh, democratization and socialism is subordinated there to liberalism generally it's as it were a kind of radical liberalism and I wonder where liberalism goes in your story because one of the places of course it goes is through world capitalism and uh, so there seems to be a sort of missing figure for me and I want to know where in your story you've got socialism against fascism but that's all taking place within another story in which as it were thankfully one might say both of those fail and, uh, and something else which perhaps also should fail I don't know but it certainly seems less oppressive uh, the, the movement of liberalism so how how does liberalism fit into your story? The, the problem for us uh, French people is that the, the word liberalism has uh, not the same sense for us as it has for you and uh, I hear in liberalism two, uh, two dimensions that uh, obviously I separate in the, in the, in the development, I, in the story <coughs> I try to, to tell that's um, uh, economical liberalism and political liberalism in order to, to say it very very uh, rapidly uh, <coughs> I know that there, there, are, there are several relations between between them too but uh, I have not I'm not used to uh, to consider uh, them in the, in, the, in the same in the same place so if you are talking about uh, economical liberalism and my way of thinking, it's a, it's a, a, a moment of a, a function, a, a dimension of the growth of capitalism and with uh, very, very positive uh, uh, dimensions in that and uh, very, very uh, uh, transitory uh, dimensions which, in my opinion, have to be in... Have to be in uh, how would uh, how uh, also say superseded? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, for example, something like that. Uh, in the in the text you you gave to to, to read. Um, well, it's for me it's that this uh, dimension of liberalism is that. Um, I'm not. Uh, I don't admit that the future of you of uh, of humanity has to. Uh, uh, resolve itself to the uh, uh, existence of an a priori of injustice you know so I don't admit admit 
the principle of capitalism. I don't mean that it has to be uh, put off now or tomorrow or with uh, which any ma ma uh, means. I don't mean that. I know that this capitalist uh, society is uh, very, very is more more uh, easy and pleasant to live in than uh, so many uh, tyrannic regimes who have pretend to uh, abolish it. But I, I, but I don't admit th this is a as a future, uh, um, an essential future of life. So uh, I think and I hope that it can it can, it can be superato, uh, uh, superseded. Yes. So for me, this liberalism is if it means that if liberalism means that one guy who who who, um, who is born was born in a rich family in the north uh, and one guy of the same which uh, is bo was born the same day in a very in a favela of uh, of brazil uh, has to uh, support this their fate in all their all uh, life long I, I don't like this so i think that this uh, dimension of liberalism, which uh, for me is capitalism, has to be superseded. Yes. The other one, which is political one, um, in, in my opinion, it's uh, uh, um, uh, a step in the, in the walk of uh, universalism. It's a very, very, very important step that the political rights, uh, the, uh, the social rights, and uh, the the, all you know which is related with it, it's, it's um, a progress for me. Uh, it's, and it's very, very important, uh, uh, crucial. So maybe you, you, you think that uh, I escape your question by dividing uh, liberalism in two, in two uh, uh, strands, but uh, I uh, have a tendency to, to think like that. Okay, there probably are more than two strands. So, uh, you know, that you can complicate the story in lots of ways. Uh, liberalism economically doesn't have to mean laissez-faire. So, uh, but let's leave that. Let's uh, see. Yes, there's one right at the back there. You just have to wait for the microphone if that's all right. Uh, thank you very much. You mentioned Kant, who is one of the world's greatest philosophers. I think in the Critique for Pure Reason, he dealt with the categorical imperative as the basis for moral behavior. Now, I knew he wrote in Perpetual Peace, and then you did mention that other book, which you remind me of. Is it, was it a universal history from a cosmopolitan point of view? Now, what I'd ask you, that's not that too, but uh, Hegel later developed, wrote about a lot of history. This book, is it that the right title of Kant's book, A Universal History from a Cosmopolitan View? Did that deal with a lot of history in a way that compared to Hegel's later? Development. I can I can answer that. <laughs> so it's a very short essay by Kant called "Sketch for a Universal History from a Cosmopolitan Point of View or with a Cosmopolitan Purpose." It's like it's only 10, 15 pages long. Uh, if you if you think of it like a, a balloon um, and blow it up, then you get Hegel. <laughs> Yeah, 
can you please speak uh, a little bit slowly, but I, it's difficult for me to... I'll speak slowly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was very interested in the way you tackled the relationship between socialism and fascism. It reminded me of um, Hayek's uh, book, which was entitled The Road to Serfdom, in which he certainly um, put forward the hypothesis that um, national socialism in Germany had, been, had its way prepared by the strength of the Marxist Socialist Party in uh, German history. And uh, this also makes me uh, thinking about your loop. Um, the universal brotherhood of socialism that was um, fought for by people like Jean Jaurès and Rosa Luxemburg or Ramsey MacDonald, the people who were opposed to the First World War and in two cases were murdered, um, the masses in Europe did not respond to these leaders, but they opted for nationalism because they had been inculcated with nationalism through the educational system. Afterwards, the nationalism takes over socialism, or absorbs it, infects it, hijacks it, and you get what the Germans very cor correctly labeled national socialism which is what fascism really is. In fact, we shouldn't really call it fascism. We should always call it national socialism, the kind of, of mixture. So your loop should really show that um, the Bolshevik Revolution, whose aim was to um, liberate the workers from wage slavery and exploitation, communism, socialism, communism, this has completely failed. So the loop has taken us back to where the American and French revolutions left us, which is economic liberalism, citizens' rights, political liberalism, um, democracy, and, and so on. So this is your, your great loop, I think, as well as there being a loop in each revolution between the more humane open part and the... Uh, totalitarian terror part, which you see both in the French Revolution and in the Soviet, uh, the Bolshevik Revolution. I wonder what you think. Uh, <coughs> I, I think there are uh, two, two, um, two aspects in, your, in what you say. I, I thank you, and I agree with uh, many things you, you say. Uh, I, I, it seems to me if I understand it well, there are two, two aspects. The first aspect is um, um, a comprehension of what happened um, in this aspect. I think that when the, the revolutionary, revolutionary people in the 19th century and after uh, thought about uh, the idea of revolution, he thought, they thought only about the idea that the work was not over. The, that the uh, French Revolution had, uh, as other revolutions, uh, American Revolution, uh, English Revolution, in, in, in several of their, of their dimensions, and, and several others have, good, have made a good work, but the, the work was not, was not finished. And, 
the question was not uh, had not disappeared. The question of universal, the question of rights, of rights, of uh, liberty, of the, the sense, the meaning of liberty. You know that the or all socialists of the twentieth uh, of the the nineteenth century say liberty is good. Liberty is a, a very good thing, even in its political and uh, political rights. But it's non-sufficient because it's not completely real. Uh, because the liberty of uh, the vote, for example, is uh, limited by the social situation. So they 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 feel themselves themselves as héritiers, um, comme on dit les Per, uh, persons who are, have the inheritance of uh, we in, we in, inherit the previous revolution, but we have to co which have to continue it. Well, this failed and uh, happened to create horrible uh, events and regimes. But is it reason by because it failed to consider the problem doesn't that didn't exist and doesn't exist anymore? It's not my point of view. I think that the failure was complete, uh, if complete with means unquestionable and discutable. But the, pr the, the problem remains, in my opinion. And if you mean we have to come back, the loop <laughs> means you have to come back. That's my second, uh, as the second aspect. Because uh, certainly we come back in a certain sense to what, what, what was the situation before. But even if we come back, we come back to the situation before and the problems were not resolved. It's the, limit, the limits, the limits of what maybe you, can, you, you call liberalism, I don't know. The limits. For me, the problem could be uh, the same. But in my opinion, you come, yeah, there is no comeback. It was uh, a title in this book of one part, no return. There's no return. Because you can't, you can't consider that two centuries of human history have happened by a sort of a, of a deplorable illusion of, a, of a, a, an error. I don't think hum, human history can be an error. I, I mean, it, it can be, I think it can be terrible, but not an error. Something happened which transformed our world and our situation. And of this transformation, we have to, to take an account of and the idea of coming back, of, of turning back to the... It's not in this sense exactly, because this, for, for me, is a figure. It's the idea of coming back. Maybe you need a spiral. Yes, it, it could be, yes. Um, because you have a, your backward movement, but it could be understood as... In, an, in another frame of continuity? A yes, it is, sure. But you, you, you remember this, this, uh, um, this uh, sentence, this formulation, becoming does not come back, but coming back is a becoming. It's coming back is a becoming. It's not, uh, there's no coming back. <laughs> you know? like, there's no, becoming does not come back. That's uh, obvious. But the coming back is a sort of becoming. So the, uh, the, our world is not the same as the, as, uh, and, uh, for, for several reasons. OK, we've got another question here and then another one down here. So take Thank you. Um, <clears throat> my question has to do with mindsets. 
Um, some of it stems from the, the deep divide between Anglos, throughout the 20th century, Anglo-Saxon, shall we say, philosophy and continental philosophy, starting with Bertram Russell and logical positivism, analytical philosophy. Um, now, in the, in the Anglo-Saxon world, Great Britain and in North America, there are some champions of continental philosophy. But for the, in the main, I think people in philosophy departments are very, very dismissive. You know, they, Heidegger and Sartre, unreadable. Even Derrida and uh, Deleuze, all, forget it, you know. Um, I'm wondering if there's a difference in, in terms of the mindset. And this of is the, in terms of the the mindset. Mm-hmm. If there's something, if people were wired differently, <laughs> even the, even the literature. Is there do you, do do you detect a demarcation between f- what is popular reading in France and and what is popular in the best in the lists here? And uh, this prompts me to ask something, which I was I was discussing something. Discussing recently with someone who who was an American, who is is in a philosophy department, but he he's a he, his specialty is, is continental philosophy. Now he studied uh, studied French. Speak before he even went to France, he, he was a converse in French. He's lived in France for three years, um, getting a degree in philosophy, and he said to me, he said, I realized then that unless you grow up in fr- speaking French, no matter, regardless of how long you study it, you'll never be able to grasp what French philosophy is about. And you? <laughs> I see it very interesting, of course. Uh, I, I read Derrida with a bowler hat on. So it is a, um... um, it's a, a v- very important question. It's very, very difficult to, to answer. I, I read in the same uh, uh, issue of the TLS uh, a long paper about the problem of uh, philosophy of mind, Tim Cray. And uh, the, uh, this uh, fascinates me because by moments, at several moments, I think that what you say, that my mind is made in another way. I don't, uh, I, I don't know how to... And I have very, very deep respect for uh, this other tradition and I'm sure that there are really uh, wonderful uh, uh, think- thinkers. Several make a, um, a bridge. I'm able, able to, to read Stanley Cavell, for example, who, who is a, uh, uh, in his, uh, all, all Cavell, Stanley Cavell. Stanley Cavell is Cavell. an American Wittgensteinian. Yes, Wittgensteinian. So, and I, I, well, but, well, this is the, the, the fact. The other, the question is, if we, ta- uh, we try to give an, an element of of response to this question, I, I would say personally that it, it has to do with the question of poetry. Um, one uh, way to, to practice philosophy um, is um, as a poetical impregnation. Considers that the poet, poetry tells something about the on the world that. Uh, uh, scientific logics tell us not, doesn't tell. It's not saying, uh, it's the only way. M- my uh, comprehension of philosophy uh, uh, cannot be separated from my uh, real love for poetry. 
you know, and that um, I have very good reason for that. And so I can say, you know, the French, the first philosophers, uh, Heraclite, Heraclite, or Plateau, were poets, were great, great poets, you know, and uh, several others uh, until today are very, very great poets. And they thought that poetry had something, the, 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 the poetical use of words, of connection between words, the use of the of the metaphor as a, 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 a main transport for uh, metaphora, metaphora transport, a main transport of thought, which uh, gives something to think about the main links in the reality. This has to 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 do with uh, the question of what of the so-called continental philosophy. And, uh, that would be, have to be very so-called because uh, Wittgenstein, who's a huge yes. sort of motor inside a, <coughs> uh, what you called Anglo-Saxon, which you'd mm. have to call Anglo-Austrian at that <laughs> point, but yes. uh, he, he himself wrote that philosophy should be written as poetic composition. Yes. Right. So that's not alien to that. And in fact, I mean, the whole thing is so complicated. I don't think the hardwired image is helpful. Um, there are these traditions. It's very enigmatic for people who grow up in them to see that this is so. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to think, I don't think, uh, that uh, somebody who grew up in the English language would be unable to read French mm. philosophy or vice versa at all. And Tim Crane, uh, who you mentioned, has been uh, very interested in um, Brentano's thought on intentionality okay. and so on. So, you know, you get all sorts of currents, cross-currents, waves going across each other without these sort of paths in which no one speaks and no one meets. Mm. But, but after Wittgenstein, the, the question becomes a, a little uh, more uh, uh, hard to, to... Because uh, Wittgenstein, such was... Uh, it's in a very precise moment. And he's a very, very special guy, Wittgenstein. But uh, the Wittgenstein, after... after um, his uh, lesson about poetry is, has, has it been heard in the same time? I could say the same thing about, um, about uh, the, the status of science in the other part, because uh, there is a, a despite of science, but I, I don't uh, bear for, for my opinion. Okay, good. Let's, uh, we have another question here. Thank you. Um, I was just thinking a little bit more about the use of the term the East, um, I'm wondering how far this is a, essentially a Eurocentric term in the sense that the East is only used and defined in relation to Europe. I'm not quite sure that people in Japan or China would think that they're in the East. I'm just wondering whether we need to go a bit more global in our terms, or in our geocultural terms. Thank you. You're right. The problem is that the global is a European invention. You know, uh, the global happened... I, I'm uh, uh, fiercely globalist, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I, I think you're completely right in what you mean about uh, uh, Chinese thought and uh, Japanese thought. But, but the fact that we share today the same, the same world... In, in, in thought as in reality, the, is the result of, the, of a process we can't uh, 
uh, we can't forget that it, it, the process uh, came from a certain part of the world. You know, I, it's not a question of a priority of a dignity. It's a question of history. This happened, and it happened here, becoming from here. The world development uh, is an, an event which happened as such from what we call Europe. In this first point, I'm really Marxist, because, uh, uh, and several others, <laughs> but uh, uh, because uh, the, 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 we have to, to um, uh, study a real process, a real process of this, uh, it happened that this process, process uh, didn't develop uh, uh, anywhere. So the East uh, has been, uh, for example, Mao Zedong used uh, so much the East concept. <laughs> he says, uh, lights come from East, wind uh, blows from East, uh, sun comes from East, and this is a metaphor from, uh, for, for a political idea of general uh, development. And East was... Uh, was uh, an idea, an idea very active in uh, Mao thought. So uh, Mao was, uh, in a certain way, Marxist. So the, 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 the East-West question didn't let him uh, uh, indifferent. Great. We have time for another question, if that's all right. Um, yeah. I oh, two more. Here we go. I have a question. It might just be a question about language, and it might not matter. Um, but I, I was struck by your use of the North-South. Um, and I understand that your, uh, as an assumption, is, is wealth is at the center of that division. Um, it's, it's, it's striking me that, that this North-South distinction, because it's, it has this wealth issue at the center, is in un universal loop will be a progressive in the progressive expan expansion part of that loop of the universe. Which one would be this uh, well? So well? north south would represent would probably mm. take part in that in that expansion part. Um, but what I've uh, what I find is that what the opposition you find most now is probably west rest of the world when it relates more to values. And I'm wondering if, going back to your loop, this is more a retraction of that universal, and that would be your clash with Islam that you, you mentioned as one of the, the second, uh, the alternatives to... Yes, it is, certainly. I, I, I uh, examine this, this point very, very uh, precisely in, in the book because uh, uh, how uh, is this a conjunction between West and North? Northern really is northwest, and west is west, northern west, you know. As, and why? Why? What did it, it happen? It happened with a certain history of the, 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 the concept, the idea of Occident, that was uh, west in the, in the historical, in the uh, history, uh, uh, the Geschlecht uh, history, you know. The, 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 that's, we, this would have to be precise, but well, you, I think you, were, you are right is that it's, um, the contraction happened in a moment where, uh, where 
there was a proposal of a, another world idea. Because I think, I don't want to, uh, I'm not sure of that, May, but I think that um, in, uh, in, China, in China, in uh, ancient times, I'm not sure of that. The question was um, of, in a certain sense, of a cosmos and of, of, of a world in that sense. But it was not of the, of the global, glo globalization. Islam had this problem of globalization. Islam has had an idea of world as such, a proposal of world as such, for a very precise reason. It's Islam uh, was built in the end of Romanity and as a response to, to Romanity, after a, 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 an attempt to, to, con to, to convince uh, Romanity of, of being uh, the, the right way. And, and the failure of this uh, attempt, it, it, it became a sort of uh, alternative to... So the model uh, was built of a north, west, and the south, east, you know. Uh, strangely, it's a strange history, but it, it happened. And um, the, the west uh, become conscious of this, uh, you're right, of this retraction. But it's too, too, uh, too speedy. <laughs> Uh, Denis, uh, there's a very strange temporality of a lecture, which is it all goes expand, 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 and then it stops and it doesn't come back, <laughs> except it does now as a podcast. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a moment of retraction, but anybody who's listening out there on a podcast, that's the end of the lecture. And we want to thank Denis very, very much. Thank you. Thank you.